The Clean Power Hour is brought to you by CPS America, the maker of North America's number one three-phase string inverter. With over six gigawatts shipped in the U.S., the CPS America product lineup includes three-phase string inverters ranging from 25 to 275 kW. Their flagship inverter, the CPS 250-275, is designed to work with solar plants ranging from 2 megawatts to 2 gigawatts. The 250-275 pairs well with CPS America's exceptional data communication, controls, and energy storage solutions. Go to chintpowersystems.com to find out more. Today on the Clean Power Hour, software for asset management. I'm Tim Montague. Welcome to the Clean Power Hour. My guest today is Etienne Lecomte. He is the founder and CEO of PowerHub. Welcome to the show, Etienne. Oh, thanks for having me, Tim. So fun to be here at SAMNA, the Solar Asset Management North American Conference here in Oakland, California. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. My pleasure. It's good to be here, seeing live people talk about the industry and how it's moving. It's always fun. Yes. Yeah. And I am drinking from a fire hose because while I you know, know the solar industry, I don't know the asset management and O&M side. So I'm learning a lot and look forward to learning more in this interview today. But give our listeners a little background on yourself. How did you get interested in energy and why on earth did you start PowerHub? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. So initial energy, so I started in wind early 2000s, helping run big RFPs for Hydro-Quebec, two gigawatts of wind procured then. That was the biggest RFP on the planet. So then dropped out of that sector and came back in renewables in 2011. In Ontario, big solar boom, right? We have a lot of these boom and bust markets depending on the regulatory constraints or opportunities and so on. So started the company actually 11 years ago, almost to the day, uh, April 1st was our 11th birthday. And we started as a consultancy actually called the Local Content Assurance Bureau, where we're helping people manage regulatory compliance in Ontario at that point. And that was a short window market. So we knew we had to pivot at one point. So we looked at how people, how people are running these assets, right? At that time and point, people were thinking, say, hey, I'm building solar. I just kind of install it, forget about it, get a check, right? But since we're at actually an O&M, an asset management conference, people have realized, oh, no, there's a lot more that goes into it. So that was kind of our aha moment. So, hey, how can we support that there's more to it, that your regulatory obligations are in compliance? That was kind of where we started, but that you get paid for power, but the right amount, that you know where your assets are, and that you have all your ducks in a row. So that's really where, where we started with PowerHub, and that was version one uh, seven years ago, I think, now. Tell us a little more about the Canadian solar industry, because there are a lot of, for such a sparsely populated country, there are a lot of solar companies in Canada and especially in Ontario. So what is the, what is the story there? So the story there is you had this boom bust cycle, 2009 to 2012-ish. So that created a lot of buzz in the industry. A lot of local players started and so on. So then you could be of, of one of three camps, right? You complained. Like, ah, the, the market is dead. Or you did one of two things. You expand it internationally. So you do something different and you do it internationally, which is what we did. So actually, we have very little Canadian clients and we serve the globe from Toronto. Or you, you took a niche in the local market and really pushed it to the max. So that's where we have a lot of, I'm going to say, Canadian expertise that's kind of blossomed throughout the world, really. That's really started from the, the fact that the local market collapsed and people were excited about solar and excited about wind, what, where it could go. So people just continued. Why 
do we have such a reputation for the boom and the bust, what we call the solar coaster? Can't we fix that and just have a boom? I think if you look at the numbers, we do have a boom. Globally, it is a boom. Like, or, or any given country, you kind of see, see a boom, right? I always say that solar is a very long-term game, and it's actually changing very fast. If you, I think just this morning, the, the Wood Mac data was showing like 18% CAGR, right? That doubles or triples over very short amount of time, right? I think so it's impressive the amount of growth. And then it's like, how can we realize that growth is the question. So I think we're moving away from chasing incentives, which was the typical boom and bust where you're chasing incentive programs. But now solar is actually a cost competitive source of power, full stop. Now, so what you're chasing is more financing mechanisms or ways to deploy it or business models, innovations, and so on. So basically, you're having some technological innovation or business model innovation that needs to be financed. So that's that's kind of the back and forth, back and forth. Then it gets financed. You're like, okay, great. Now that can scale a little bit as a new way to do solar, as an example. And then poor ONM and asset management people say, hey, they just get handed it. Right? It's like, hey, good luck. You now have to operate this for 20, 30, 40 years. And that's where I think we're at the conference today talking about that as well, is that we have great innovations, great growth, but we also need to implement it and make it sustainable in the long term. Yes. Our industry is maturing. We're turning into a real industry, right? A real asset class. That's the investment. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So, but why on earth, when did you pivot into targeting asset management? What year was that? So I think that's probably 2012. Wow. So that was pretty early still. You're in North America. Yes. So I was a lot on my soapbox extolling the virtues of like being organized and knowing what your contracts are and getting paid the right amount and managing scale and all those good topics and just the beauty of digital. So people, process, and technology working together to drive efficiency and effectiveness. But efficiency and effectiveness when you're in a booming market is not very sexy. So now as we've seen PPA prices drop, the market being more and more competitive, there are more compelling themes to bring to the forefront. But seven, oh my God, that's nine years ago now. Wow, time flies. Nine years ago, that was, that wasn't that much of a theme, period, right? But it was kind of important to bring that forward. And I think when I think about entrepreneurship and product and so on, there's a big market timing aspect to it. And I think we got the timing wrong. We were too early there. And we only saw that it took us a lot of work to educate, to kind of move forward and so on before getting good growth in 2017, 18, 19. So it took us a good four or five years of being in there and just pushing forward until it, it kind of took off. Dive into that a little bit. I think that's very interesting. How to cross the chasm, so to speak, right? In, in tech speak. And what are your recollections? Like, how did you do business development? How did you woo your first customers and then up that game and get bigger, more reliable customers? So I have to remember, kind of bring us back to kind of probably this this same conference, but seven years ago or something like that, or eight years ago. And you're like, okay, so we're a new technology provider. We have this idea and we had this base installed base of clients from our regulatory consultancy, which was kind of a sister company. So we figured we could just cross sell 
to their installed base of clients, right? That was brilliant. It's like, so we have a new product selling to the same customers, but there were different audiences within the same customers. So that didn't go as, as planned. So that set us back really on our kind of growth objectives. So we really had to kind of hit the ground and basically say, okay, well, who are the people who are thinking about these themes already? So going to conferences like this and engaging with them, say, okay, well, there was basically one other solution in the marketplace at that time. Like, okay, well, we do better. So you're kind of comparing yourself a little bit at first, and then you start standing on your own merits. And then you have your, okay, well, these guys have, say, we did a case study and they're 120% more effective by using our software. It means they doubled their portfolio, but didn't add a body. And you kind of keep growing like that. And then you get bigger names and so on. And at the end, we actually got acquired. So we kind of a step change every time. Funny enough, I was meeting for one of old clients who used to work for Long Road Energy. And she's like, I helped you guys put your guys on the map. Like, yes, thank you. Right. And that's the evolution. It's now in another company and you kind of keep, keep those discussions going. So it's kind of fun to see where we've. Yeah. And it's no accident that Solar Plaza is a European company. They're a Dutch company. They're the organizers of this conference. You know, the Europeans glommed onto solar at scale earlier than we did here in North America, even though we like to say we invented the solars, the modern solar cell here at Bell Labs in New Jersey, and then quickly forgot about it, basically. I mean, we, we used it in satellites and, and, you know, remote applications, but we didn't, we didn't try to make solar mainstream. The Europeans did that, and, and the Japanese and the Chinese, and then we woke up finally and smelled the coffee. And now it's happy days, right? We're growing at 18%. That's doubling every four years or less than four years. So that's pretty awesome. So what is Power Hub? And congratulations, you were acquired, what, just over a year ago? About two and a half years ago. Okay. Uh, by Baywa, a German company that has three different segments. Maybe you can explain that too. But what is Power Hub fundamentally? And who are your customers? So Parab, we're focusing on IPPs and asset owners of different scale. We're strong believers right now, if you look at the growth coming in the market, that the growth is going to come from more distributed assets, funny enough. So the kind of CNI space, especially, is going to be a big driver for growth, especially in the US, actually in Europe as well. So we're providing tools for these companies to be a bit more simple and powerful in how they manage their assets. So that's taking care of Workflow automation tools, as an example, so that you focus on what matters. And simplistically, it means, hey, well, I have 10 projects or 100 or 1,000 projects I need to invoice for every month. As an example, you should just really, you shouldn't be reviewing that bill. You should be trusting the data is there. And if we're outside a certain tolerance, then you should review it. So that's the type of ways that we can help companies just get work done without actually doing the work or reminding that there's a report due to a certain investor or generating that report itself or providing access to information. It's the eternal one source of truth that everybody is looking for in different types of products, but it's ingrained into the the methodologies and the workflows that companies actually use. So we help people get work done faster, better, but also at a better quality because errors cost a lot of money at the end of the day. Yeah. So give us some examples, though. What are we talking about? So fundamental kind of products that, that PowerHab has under its umbrella. Building invoicing for power is a key. Good morning. Dashboarding reporting tool. So bringing information from different sources, making sense of it, and presenting it in a useful way so you can focus on what matters. So if you have 
20 projects, you probably don't want to go into your different monitoring platforms every day and check how everyone is doing. You probably want to say, hey, site number 12 is is down by 20%. I should focus on that. But, oh, wait a second, site 7 is down by 5%, but that 5% is worth a lot more. Translating sometimes kilowatt hour losses and dollar opportunities to kind of skip a step in the analysis, basically for our clients. We have a big push on the whole compliance management side of things. That's kind of our background a little bit. So how do you kind of lower risks for these projects? How do you make sure that your projects have filed whatever they need to file or whatever you've promised as a developer? And that's a big problem in our industry as well, where you have developers to get a permit, for example, say, well, we'll do this every three years. And then that gets passed on to the asset managers further down the road and kind of gets forgotten. So we help kind of aggregate all these obligations in one place, make sense of it all, and make sure you do these actions in a timely fashion so you don't put your projects at risk. Afterwards, it's kind of key information management and spare parts management and ticketing. And then this whole other slew of products that we're working towards. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Clean Power Hour or viewing it on YouTube. We do have a great YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, please go to cleanpower.group and hit that YouTube icon and subscribe to our channel. Of course, you can find all of our content on your favorite audio platform as well. So please give us a rating and review. Back to the show. And you mentioned coal compliance. So are you suggesting that you're working in other industries than just renewables or? Oh, no, no. We, we were focused entirely on renewables. I don't know where coal is probably the French accent that's coming through or something like that. But what is that word then? I don't understand. Cold. Cold? No, I'm not sure what I said then. So on the other- Spell it out. You said coal compliance, or it sounded like coal compliance. Or, or probably core compliance, core as- compliance aspects of these projects is probably what I did say. Got it. So are you strictly working in solar or other uh, Mostly segments? solar, wind, storage, hydro. That's probably what we're, we're touching mostly. Solar, wind, hydro. Okay. It's a big spectrum. More on the smaller hydro side, not the your kind of more run-a-river hydro. Okay. Um, so kind of the micro hydro stuff, not the huge dams like we have in Quebec, the yeah. gigawatt size dams and things like that. Okay. And so let's say I'm an asset manager, you know, I've got, gosh, today, you know, you could have 20 gigawatts under management and there's larger and they're smaller. But so you're part of this family of tools that they're using including, you know, performance monitoring tools and platforms and data analytics, but you're more about the operational side of the business, it sounds like. On the commercial side, I think you look at asset management in O&M, there's the technical asset management or technical operations, and there's commercial operations or commercial asset management. We're really focused on the commercial asset management of things, which ultimately boils down to kind of managing risk getting paid and looking over the shoulder of the the technical asset managers to make sure that they do their job. So it's about impacting what you can on the projects themselves. Yeah. And why was Baywa interested in acquiring PowerHub? Ultimately, when we looked at it, it made a lot of sense. They had their, We had a bigger presence here in the US versus Europe. So they opened us a lot of doors actually in Europe to kind of get into that market to bring a lot of expertise as well. I think now we are over 3,000 people, I think, in the organization. So you have a testing ground. That's actually what we've done over the last two years, whereas we basically built a version of PowerHub for Biva so, and used them as a testing ground. So it's a brand new version. And now we've productized it. So we've taken what we've learned from the version that's running at Baywa. Now we've made it available for everybody else. 
So it gives us that expertise, testing ground, market reach, market access, and also very deep pockets. So that's also very helpful. Yeah. And explain Baywa because they have several different divisions. Yeah, and- for sure. So Baywa at its core was a product developer, project developer at start. So you have a big project division, solar and wind projects. So that's, that's global. I don't know in how many countries they are. Then you have the services division, which is obviously O&M, asset management, as well as energy trading. And actually software falls under that, that division. Then you have whole component business. So they actually, they're a wholesaler of, of components. So racking, inverters, modules, and things like that. That's a pretty big business as well. And now the biggest, the fourth component of that is really they've built out their own IPP arm. So they, where they own and operate long, uh, projects long term. Cool. So you're part of this asset management side of their business. services side. And I think that the thesis there was like, yeah. they were used, they were a customer of ours. So I don't know if you remember the old Remington Razor ads where they said, Hey, I love the Razor so much that I bought the company. That's kind of what they did. Right. And they saw that they needed to kind of to digitalize their approach to be competitive in the market. And what better way to do that than internalizing those capabilities? Yeah. And. How big is PowerHub now? How many employees and how many gigawatts under management, so to speak? So employees, right now we have kind of a bit of a global team because we have other products and sister companies. So we have a team in Hamburg that's focused on an analytics product. We actually have a team in Rome which works on a field resource management product. We have coordination happening in Munich, which is kind of the headquarters. There's our team here in, in Toronto. So to all, all in all, I think it's like 60, 70 people altogether. We're a core of 25 people, mostly for on product and dev in Toronto. And that's our little part of the, of the puzzle here. What are you excited about here at Samna and, and what's in the cards for PowerHub moving forward? Well, this, this is exciting because we're kind of releasing or introducing a new product right to the market. So that's always good that the product is actually ready. That's a big win to start. We're showcasing it and dem- demoing it to existing clients and new potential clients. So that's, that's really the excitement is getting that feedback because you kind of, you work on something and then actually putting it in front of people. Even if you do that along the way, you get feedback when you actually do it, when it's kind of ready, it's great feeling. But it's also about reconnecting. We haven't been with people for, for two plus years. So just walking the floor and running into old acquaintances and clients and contacts and so on. That's a big part because that's where you, the sessions are good and you're listening and you're learning through the session, but it's also all those side conversations where you get actually what's really happening on the ground and what's really important to people. Then my job ultimately is to kind of translate that for our team and say, okay, well, that's where kind of the market is going. That's the problems people are having. How can we help them? Because ultimately software is great, but it needs to solve a problem. If it's not solving your problem, it's just another great tool that you have, but that doesn't solve, have a real purpose. And I should mention, you also have a podcast of your own. Tell us a little bit about your show. Yeah, the show is called Renewables Unscripted, where me and my co-host actually interview different entrepreneurs from, from renewables across the different value chains. And we try to learn about their journey, basically the messy middle. Entrepreneurship can be seen as a startup exit or startup growth. But really, what happens in the middle? So think about, okay, what was your first sale? And go into topics like that. And what can people learn from that over the course of their own careers and uh, startups. And do you try to leverage the podcast in a strategic manner, like bringing your customers onto the show or? No, actually, we're we're doing this with PV Buzz 
uh, which is a Canadian kind of media outlet over there, and uh, we're doing it to, fundamentally. It's a it's a great time. It's, I love exchanging with other entrepreneurs and learning. So I think that's just part of the, kind of the discussion. We haven't been leveraging that for for business development reasons. Far from it. Cool. Well, what else should our listeners know about you and PowerHub? We've got a few minutes here, so what? Yeah, what else should we know? Fundamentally, we should be thinking about as an industry about how digital can help us. I always marvel at, at, at renewable energy as well. We're we're transforming weather into electrons and then into dollars at the end of the day, and that I marvel at that every day because I just it's just so amazing. However, how we're running these plants and how we're we're executing on that still feels like we're in the middle of the 90s with spreadsheets, notebooks, and post-its. And I'm not joking. Walk into any asset manager's offices and you'll see those things. Post-its on the screens. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that and so on. And we're really coming to a place where the industry is matured. And now we need to move towards the adoption of tools. And that can be advanced analytics tools. It can be monitoring tools. It can be asset management tools and so on. And ultimately, we need a big push to do that. And we need a big push on the data standardization of it, of it all so that when you look at the calculation in one platform and the other, the numbers mean the same thing. So I think we're also maturing there. And we hope we are playing a role in, in helping the industry mature through data. And I think that's the interesting part that we'll see. The fact that Benoit from KKR this morning was talking about, yeah, we really need to go digital. Seven years ago, the the first keynote wasn't talking about digital. So I think we've seen that shift. And that's really the important part that we need because it's going to lower costs and enhance reliability. And that's impressive. Yeah, it seems like there's a real blossoming of software in the solar industry in general, kind of across the board. And why not? It's a very low-cost development process, in theory, and high reward if you do it right and can solve a problem, right? Solving the problem is the important thing. At the same time, it's about tying it all together as an ecosystem, right? There's so many great products out there that are very, very niche, which is great, but they need to tie into more and more of other products as well because our users or our operators at the end of the day don't want to log into 64 different platforms every day. They want some simplicity there and get insights so they can get their work done ultimately, right? Software is only tools to do a specific job, and we can't forget that either. Yep. Well, we have to wrap it up. I want to thank you, Etienne, for coming on the show. How can our listeners reach you? We, we can be... Obviously, reached on LinkedIn. That's probably an easy way, or just on our website, powerhub.com. And you have all our contact details there on socials and so on. So once again, thank you very much for having me, Tim. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk about solar and the, the revolution that's coming. Thank you. I'm Tim Montague. Let's grow solar and storage. The Clean Power Hour is brought to you by CPS America, the maker of North America's number one three-phase string inverter. With over six gigawatts shipped in the U.S., The CPS America product lineup includes three-phase string inverters ranging from 25 to 275 kW. Their flagship inverter, the CPS 250-275, is designed to work with solar plants ranging from 2 MW to 2 GW. The 250-275 pairs well with CPS America's exceptional data communication, controls, and energy storage solutions. Go to chintpowersystems.com to find out more.